With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. It's going to be me, Ryan Solo, here as I recap last night's game uh, with the Lakers beating the Sacramento Kings in Anaheim this time, uh, 109 to 101. The Sacramento Kings played essentially their whole rotation. Keegan Murray was the only person who was missing from there. Just about everybody else played. Uh, for the Lakers, though, <coughs> great. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, no Austin Reeves, no Jared Vanderbilt. Didn't matter. The Lakers uh, pretty much handled the Sacramento Kings throughout, holding multiple double-digit leads. Um, and, you know, by the time the Kings kind of subbed out their main guys late in the third quarter, the Lakers held, I believe, a 10-point lead. So this was a... This was a pretty resounding win when you consider everything that the Lakers had kind of going on here. And it would not happen without the efforts and poise of D'Angelo Russell, somebody I've been talking about pretty much nonstop all preseason. Um, he looked really, really good. So we're going to be talking about him. We're going to be talking about Jackson Hayes. We're going to be talking about Torian Prince and Rui Hachimura. Um, and yeah. Plenty of stuff here to come as uh, we, we look back on a really fun night for the Los Angeles Lakers. We have to start with D'Angelo Russell. He was so good. Uh, he finishes the night 21 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3-point range, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, uh, grabbed 3 boards, 8 assists, was a plus 10 on the night. Um, in, I believe, yeah, 21 minutes. So looked really good out there. Um, Stu Lance kept mentioning the, the amount of poise that he appears to uh, be playing with and, and, and a, an amount of control that he has over the offense whenever he is out there. And, you know, I, I really feel like uh, this is... I, 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 D'Angelo Russell plays his best when he's relaxed, when he's calm, when things are just kind of, when he's able to just kind of roll along and, and, and let the game kind of come to him and he gets elevated by the better players around him, I think also, and he's a big vibes guy. He really does benefit from, you know, things looking and feeling good out there. And, um, in this case, the uh, the Lakers enter preseason and enter training camp with a roster that makes a bunch of sense. The vibes around the team are great. Every time they panned over to LeBron and AD 
and and Vanderbilt and whoever else was at the end of the bench and active in this one. Remember when they would do that last year and the Lakers would be losing and then and Russ would do something stupid and they would pan over to LeBron and AD and it would just be kind of like staring off into the distance. It's kind of, yep, yeah, he did that. Uh, okay, well, maybe he won't do it while we're in there. He's definitely going to do it while we're in there. This time, though, it was, it was really great to see. Like, every time they panned over there, except for the one time where they, I think they caught LeBron drinking, like, a giant mimosa or whatever it was he was drinking, allegedly. Uh, but for the most part, every time they panned over there, it was... Uh, Three point, you know, the, the, the three point thing that they do when, when somebody knocks down a, a shot from deep, whether it was being up on their feet and, and rooting on whoever just did whatever it was that they did. And, and yeah, you just, the, the, the feeling around this team is really difficult not to compare to the last couple of years, not just because of the personnel or whatever, but, but there's a real, sense of direction heading into the season that they just not have had. And, and, you know, it was funny. Uh, the, the Lakers essentially brought in Russ, right? When one of their, their lines of thinking and bringing in Russ was how he was going to help on games where LeBron or AD took off, that he would be able to carry things in those, on those nights and in those games and be able to get the Lakers a couple extra wins over the uh, over the course of the season that they wouldn't have been able to have if LeBron or AD missed time. Um, obviously, it didn't work out that way, but it kind of flew in the face of the success that the Lakers had had two years prior, or even a year prior, where a deep, sensible, logical roster can be deep and sensible and logical with or without the stars. Now, obviously, I prefer to have LeBron and AD as available as they can possibly be this year. But in in this case, you kind of look at how much it helps to just have more professionals on the court. And it, this isn't just a rust thing. When you have that much money dedicated to three guys, you can't have as many professionals out there. You're going to have a lot more veteran minimum players who are inherently shots in the dark and in this case though you have a whole bunch of of guys who are making more than the minimum Gabe Vincent uh, I think is really looking like he's starting to find his fit footing was comfortable enough to I think get off more shots while he was playing at least I might have changed late but uh yeah so he wound up tied for the most shots that were put up there with uh D'Angelo Russell with 12 so I think those guys are kind of starting to figure out their their footing. I actually kind of like the way that Vincent and Russell looked together for a couple stretches there. There was one really funny possession where uh, Gabe Vincent pump faked and Kevin Herter, who was guarding him, jumped as high as he could possibly jump. So Vincent send, you know takes one dribble in, and whoever was guarding D'Angelo Russell, I think it was Monk. I'm going to guess it was Monk or Fox. Whoever it was, um, Vincent dribbles over. He kicks it out to D'Angelo Russell, who also pump fakes. And <laughs> that defender goes flying, which forces Herter to then come back and help on D'Angelo Russell. 
who then kicks the ball back over to, to Gabe Vincent, who was wide open. So you wind up having this kind of impromptu set that was created by these two tiny little guards on Sacramento who decided all of a sudden they were shot blockers. And Vincent, I believe, knocked down the three-pointer when he was when there was nobody in the vicinity, uh, anywhere near him uh, when, he, when he let that shot go. So... I, I like the way that uh, that looked, the, that that pairing looked, and I think that might be something that they kind of go to in some stretches, especially on nights that one or two of their guys are, are kind of missing. Um, that's a nice, sensible pairing that you can have there, plenty of creativity, primary or secondary. And then you look at the tertiary creators, right? And this one, uh, Rui Hachimura got the start um, alongside Prince, and and there were plenty of times where the ball swung over to Rui and they just said, Hey, it's at that point in the shot clock, shot clock, go get us a shot. And Harrison Barnes is a pretty damn good defender. And he got the better of a Rui early where Rui tried to swing through and jab step and, and Barnes kind of picked his pocket. But over the course of the games, Rui won his, his, his um, share of those battles as well. One move came um, in the second half when they were shooting going to our left, if you're looking on the screen, left uh, kind of pinch post area. He goes baseline, spins back towards the middle, shoots that fadeaway jumper, and it looked incredibly clean. And um, yeah, I think that's just kind of the role that he makes. He, he probably makes the most sense in and, and again, kind of lends to, yeah, it probably makes the most sense for him to play with the second unit where he can get more of those touches than he would if he was playing alongside LeBron or NAD who need the ball in their hands. Obviously you want the ball in there and, and with, with those guys and yeah. And you know, he looked very natural though, next to Torian Prince where you guys know how I feel about wings. I forgot the stupid, <laughs> I forgot my little sounder. I'll, I'll go to a different segment here in a second. Um, but I, you guys know how much I love wings. Um, and in this case, that pairing or, or the Lakers ability to mix and match their wings, that is super intriguing. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
There it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, one thing that I have been kind of curious about this year, last year, Darvin Ham went with a lot of three-guard lineups, right? Infamously, we just were force-fed those groups um, because it was his attempt at getting as much talent as he could possibly get out there, and it just so happened that a lot, he felt that a lot of his talent was in that positional grouping. This time, though, between Rui and Prince and Vanderbilt and even Christie, uh, you do have a good collection of wings that I think you can mix and match together. And you don't have to have uh, one of, or, or both, you know, two of, I guess, Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, or Austin Reeves on the court at all times because those wings might allow you to do some interesting things, not to mention LeBron right? Who's going to be playing in that three, four spot. And, and I really liked what we saw tonight when we saw Torian Prince out there next to Rui, where obviously Torian Prince doesn't need multiple dribbles to be successful. Rui is more comfortable with that. Um, Prince is going to make the game a little bit more easy on him, seeing his teams aren't going to shade off of him when he's on the weak side or if he's on, on the corner or whatever. And, and that opened it up. And then defensively, you're switchy, you're physical, you're long, you're athletic. I think both those guys have a good like, kind of foundational understanding of, of defense that they can work off of each other, even though they're kind of, you know, uh, swapping whether one is a three and one is a four, or one is a two and one is a three, whatever. Um, those, the, the fact that those guys kind of work together really made me kind of like, raise an eyebrow this is that's an interesting one and and the fact that you know I, I i joked with raj yesterday um which you can check out it's here on the feed it's on the podcast feed as well but um i joked with raj yesterday about how small gabe vincent looks and in mentioning in, in mentioning that and thinking about saying that over the last like 24 hours or so it's like of course he looks small he's playing next to d'angelo russell who's like Six five, you know, six four, six five, maybe six six. Uh, Austin is is like six four, right? Um, Max Christie is six five, six six, and then everybody from there goes up, right? Torian Prince is six seven, six eight. Rui is six seven, six eight. Jared Vanderbilt is in that same range as well. LeBron is huge. AD is huge. Christian Wood is is you know almost a legit seven footer. <laughs> Jackson Hazen in, in that same kind of. Uh, size range as well. So it's a big team. And so when, you know, Gabe Vincent is out there and he's, I, I believe he's like 6'2", is what I believe he's listed at. Um, he's probably a little closer to 6'1", or 6' flat, but he looks so small out there and it's kind of nice that he looks that small because there's so much NBA size out there on the court that he can look that kind of small. So um, with the wing play here that we saw in this game, I, I, it really makes me intrigued for what Darvin Ham can do against some of these more modern teams that do boast a lot more size on the perimeter. Sacramento is pretty small, right? Darren Dan, Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter. Those are your probably, th th those are their starting one, two, three guys, um, all of whom are either at or below league average height for their position. Um, probably all below, actually, right? I think De'Aaron Fox would be the only one if he's your 
point guard who is league average height. Monk is short for his position at the two. Herter is short for his position at the three. And I really thought that that size kind of wore on them um, when when they had to go up against Torian Prince or, or, or let alone Rui Hachimura. So, um, yeah, I, I really like what, what those two bring as a combination together, let alone, you know, lineup dependent and matchup dependent when they are slotted as the the wings next to a LeBron, next to a, uh, an Anthony Davis, or next to both of those guys. So that's, that was a, a cool look that we got here to start this game, and one that I think we should probably see a lot more of moving forward, whether it's Vanderbilt and, and one of those two, or those two together, or whatever. I think mixing and matching those wings, um, I don't think anything can really go wrong there. Also want to spend some time talking about Jackson Hayes, where, wow, uh, I was not thrilled with the signing, to be completely honest. I Especially given that Christian Wood would be available later in the offseason and Bismack Biombo is still available out there. But Jackson Hayes has a real motor on him. Um, it's, a, it's a contagious motor, too, where... He plays with such energy that other guys kind of rise to that level. And, uh, you know, he has he has underrated hands. I've been really pleasantly surprised by his ability to catch and finish fl- uh, fluidly. Uh, I, his finishing in and, of in, in and of itself has really taken me by surprise where uh, he doesn't do much with his left hand. Obviously, I talked in a couple shows ago about him finishing with his right on the on the left side of the basket, but he does do a very good job, and he does seem to have very legit touch around the basket, good instincts on the roll. Um, I, I, I don't want him necessarily in short roll situations where he has to make very many decisions, but if all he's asked to do is set a good solid screen, which also I really like that he does, he does really plant and punish whichever guard is trying to get through there. He does a very good job with that. And then, you know, on that role or in those role spots, if he, if he's just basically told, if you see a big here, don't try to go through and whatever, he does very good with those kind of, you know, shallow roles that, that are shallow reads where you don't have to do too much deep thinking. So that that has been... Uh, really fun to watch. And then defensively, look, like Sabonis is really difficult to guard. He's a very skilled guy. But I do think for as often as Sabonis got the better of him, had a couple, or at least one and one on him. Um, but Sabonis only finished with 10 points in this one, 16 boards. He's a very physical guy. And that's where I think Jackson Hayes is going to struggle a little bit because he is pretty slight. He's pretty thin. Um, but for, you know, considering who he was guarding. Um, and given that, like, that was one of the real, I think, disadvantages, you would think Sacramento would go to, like, pick on and, and, and go out of their way to pick on. I really liked how Jackson Hayes competed here. And um, Raj and I spent quite a bit of time in yesterday's show talking about, you know, if it comes down to it, would Ham play him over Wood? I like, and, and some of this might be expectations, uh, Wood is more talented, and I think I have higher expectations of him 
than I do for Hayes. But even that said, Hayes just kind of pops. He's off of the floor quickly. He can jump multiple times. Um, and he and he really seems to give a bleep. That and 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 you know that that really goes a long way defensively. That is honestly the starting point. Like when you talk about Damian Lillard and Steph Curry and the things that separate them as players, it's frankly the defensive side of things where Steph has risen to the challenge, and I think he has a few more physical tools, but Steph has really risen to the challenge of defending and being at least a league average defender, if not a a slightly above league average defender, I think, at this stage of his career. Whereas Dame has never really shown that 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 fight on that side of the court. And I think Christian Wood is a little more like Dame in this spot where he is so talented offensively that he figures he'll just make up for whatever he gives up on the defensive side on the other side of the court. Whereas I really see Jackson Hayes compete for, you know, multiple jumps on offensive rebounds and or, or on, on defensive rebounds and really working to block out and, yeah, he committed fouls there because he's going up against a, a good center in Dematis Sabonis. Um, he picked up four fouls over the course of the game and probably would have fouled out if if they spent too much more time on him. But, you know, you look at him and he's he finishes the game. Jackson Hayes finishes the game at a plus 14. 14, that is a game high here. And, and you know what? It kind of makes a lot of sense. I, I thought... A lot of what the Lakers were trying to do on both sides of the ball made a lot more sense with Hayes out there. And, you know, given that you don't need an incredible amount from your backup center when your primary center is Anthony Davis, Hayes seems to make a lot of sense. And I'm really kind of coming around on 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 his game. So we'll see if he keeps that up. Some of this, too, um, like when there were reports earlier about Jalen Hood Shafino really surprising people in camp. And it's like, yeah, he's he's young. It's his first camp. He's gonna go balls to the wall with everything, right? He's fighting for whatever role he could possibly get on this team. Whereas a lot of the other guys are gonna kind of ease into camp and and focus on not getting hurt and focus on their conditioning and getting it up to a point where as you approach the season you are feeling a little better. And I think some of that plays out in some of these games as well, where somebody like Jackson Hayes plays so hard that it's going to you know really stand out compared to a lot of these other guys where in the third game of the preseason, most of your legit NBA players just kind of easing themselves into it. So I'm really going to, to, to focus pretty clearly on Hayes to see if, as the preseason ramps up and when we get to the regular season and you reach that, you know, notch above this in terms of raw intensity, what that looks like for Hayes in in competing at that level. Beyond that, though, you know, I, I just, you know, Raj and I talked yesterday a lot about the math, right? And, and how the Lakers were playing at such a mathematical, uh, mathematic deficiency that, uh, you know, even if they got their absolute best from their stars when they were available and they were going up against lesser teams in terms of talent, um, that you would look up at the score and you would say, like, fuck, it feels like the Lakers should be either up by more or, man, how are they down by seven still, you know? 
And and in this case, so the Lakers, you know, they shot 33s. They shot 33% on those threes as a team um, compared to the 53s that the Kings shot and and made uh, 15 of. So the Lakers were only giving up, you know, the, 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 I guess, 15 points there. But because the King shot so many of them, um, you know, and, and missed so many of them, those are long rebound opportunities. The Lakers were getting out and, re- and, and scoring on. And, and yeah, I just, you know, this team makes more sense. And you're going to have a lot more games like this where you go into it thinking, yeah, they, they, they probably don't really have a chance in this one, but they will because of the math and because of the depth and because of just the, the general sensibility of this roster. And and I thought this game really highlighted a lot of the things that makes me very excited to watch this team not just compete at the you know throughout the season, but get better. Because remember, they're they're at that stage here and there is continuity. So and 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 Ham has implemented um a lot of a system early on in this, you know, ha- is able to implement a lot of a system given the amount of continuity on this roster. But for, you know, about half of the roster, though, everybody is still in that in that in that phase where you're you're learning to dance. Right. And you're actually like numbering the steps. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, spin, two, three, four, one, two. Like you can actually kind of see some of these guys going through that on both sides of the ball. And the Lakers were able to win with that going on. Without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis, without Austin Reeves, without Jared Vanderbilt, and and that's a lot of that continuity that you would be working with in in a game like this. Didn't matter. They handled the Kings quite easily, and uh, yeah, it was it was very very impressive here from the Lakers. And maybe kind of sort of worrying if you're a Kings fan. All right, I am going to save what is left of my voice. We have a very busy day ahead of you tomorrow as I will be talking to Aaron at the regular time, uh, 12 my time here Central, 10 a.m. Pacific. And then later tomorrow night, I have a really fun guest, a, a, a friend of the show, somebody who's a, a very popular guest that I've done a ton of podcasting with. So uh, look ahead to that. That'll drop probably Friday morning. Um, if all goes to plan. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day, make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.